The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What's up, dum-dums? As sports keeps coming back, so does your chance to bet on them. With our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline AG, baseball's back in full swing and there are no shortages of ways to get in the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props. You'll be a betting son of a bitch. Also tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. My goodness, he'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on all the costs of his bling. Brendan. I didn't know jewelry betting was missing from my life. Yeah. I now know. Now you know. Visit Bet Online AG today to check out all the odds. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. Missouri is going to snap a five-win streak for Kentucky in this series. Going to be their first win since the 2014 season over the Kentucky Wildcats. And the Tigers get it done today here at home, 20-10. to 10. Going to throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. They don't get no better than that, man. He's lacked up to short middle Beatty with the catch, and he's going to jet his way into the end zone. Missouri touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree running left, gets 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the bend. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is Colin Stoops Anthony, the long-lost Stoops brother. They kept hidden in a cage in the basement like Rosemary Kennedy. <laughs> That's right. What's up, dum-dums? And not joining us tonight is Caleb Bungart, who is unable to join us because he's currently having his moon blood. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's uh, you want to steer clear of Caleb during those times. That's right. So, uh, anyway, I guess the big news is that Missouri won. We sure did. 20 to 10, Missouri beat the Kentucky Wildcats mm-hmm. and got a real monkey off our back. Five years now, we have dates back to the Gary Pinkle era. We have not beaten the lowly Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, it's, it's hard to believe. I, it, 
you say it out loud, and it's like, really? No, have we not beat them? They've been miserable games, you know. Like, oh, we have we've blown leads. Last year was absolutely abysmal. I think the most frustrating thing about a team like Kentucky and a, or a program like Kentucky is like we should beat them mm-hmm. basically every year if we want if we are who we think we are, you know? right? And if, if we're we being have- realistic about ourselves, we're not LSU, mm-hmm. not Alabama, but we're not Kentucky. We Vanderbilt, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to aspire to have any success in the world at all, if you're going to be in the SEC, you should be beating Vanderbilt and you should be beating Kentucky. That's the normal order of things. Now, I know we sound like the people who say this about Missouri, but it's the way it is. We, yeah, it's the way we view ourselves anyway. I think real, it, mm-hmm. I feel realistically, um, but there's a second tier. In the SEC, Missouri, I like to believe, is in that tier with the teams like Tennessee. You know, you got your Florida and Tennessee. South Carolina, South maybe. Carolina. Is, Florida is one of those teams that jumps up into the upper echelon and falls back to the middle. And South Carolina is one of those teams that jumps up to the middle and but falls back down to the you know, bottom. Yeah, 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 but I'd say at the, at the end of this mid-tier spectrum, at least the way I look at it, South Carolina teeters in between two on the low side and Florida teeters on the high side. Yeah, I think that it's a three-tier thing. You got the top tiers, and you got the Georgias at the top, and usually it's the Florida is the number. You, they're you know, in there, but they're either there or they're floating with us in the middle in tier. In the middle tier. And then you got the bottom tier, which is Vanderbilt and Kentucky normally. now, And the, then South Carolina dipping their toes in that water occasionally. Right. And, and frankly, I feel like we're kind of where South Carolina is a lot of years that we have been. But the thing about this year is that Kentucky, all the talk had been about how Kentucky is jumping up. And not only are they sort of the top of the second tier, but they could possibly compete with the tier one boys. Now we're not Which has always been nonsense. <laughs> it has always been, been nonsense. It has been nonsense. Now the question has been, are they better than us? Because it's hard to argue with five the fucking games in a row. Yeah. And that's what's so frustrating about it. It's like, look what you did to us, Barry Odom. We're having to sort of concede that Kentucky's, Kentucky's better. better than us. And yeah. it's like, we know it's not true, but you made it true for a while because you were a miserable coach. You don't have losing streaks of five years straight to teams that you're better than. Yeah. Teams you, that are coached by Mark Stoop. That's one of the greatest things about today is like Mark Stoops has been getting jacked off by the SEC network this for a couple of years now about what a great coach he is and building that program at Kentucky and blah, 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 blah. And he just got thoroughly outcoached today. He did. That's the thing. Colin came over here for recording this podcast. And the first thing he said was, we got ourselves a fucking coach. Yeah, we sure do. And, uh, I mean, just look at the game plan. Like he, you know, the announcer said it. If you listen to the post game show on the radio, they said it. He beat Kentucky with their own stick. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he, he out Kentucky, Kentucky. Yeah, ball control, grind it out. You know, and I guarantee you that Kentucky looked at that LSU game and thought, here's what they're going to do. They've got a bunch of good receivers and a fucking quarterback that can sling it. You know what I mean? Like they're going to be a high powered offense. And that's what they prepared for all week. And what they got was Roundtree smashing into them over and over again. Ceaselessly. And didn't, had like 33, 35 carries somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, you know, for 125-ish yards. I don't know. Like more than Kentucky had as a team. But the point is, it's like when you start breaking down the the yards per carry, it was not a great game from that standpoint. He just, they just smashed him in him over and over. Oh, I felt like we're kind of wandering into talking about this game. game, Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to. This is what the people came to hear. But I do think it's important to put this win into context because we just got off two weeks ago a huge win against LSU, a program-defining win for Coach Drinkwitz. 
And we didn't know what that meant because we didn't, A, we didn't mm-hmm. know what LSU was. And we're currently watching LSU. It's Saturday night. Yeah. They're clobbering South Carolina. <laughs> it's clobbering time. <laughs> Which makes us feel even better about that. They were making indelicate love to them right now. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> and so we also knew that Kentucky had just come off a big win against Tennessee, who we had watched Tennessee clobber us before we went to mm-hmm. Bazelak. It's clobbering time. So Tennessee this, is the so, outlier. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of outliers. I told Caleb Bungart before we started recording, Colin, this is the quantum universe year of college sports. Mm-hmm. You're good, but you're also bad. You exist, yet you don't exist. <laughs> what are you? No one knows. It's that year in college football. Like, who's good? Who's bad? I don't know. Well, getting back to what took us down this road, I think is like that Drinkowitz beat him with his own stick. He outcoached them and he, you know, the defense took away the run. They were like, they dared him to throw all day long and they showed you, they play a man coverage too, which says a lot about the talent they think they have on defense because man coverage is. You're one-on-one. It, it's a you double-edged have, sword. you got to have athletes play man. Yeah. You're only as good as your weakest link. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're going to bring pressure from a lot of places, if you're going to – got to be able to play man because if you're dropping everybody into the zone, everybody's got an assignment in that within that zone. So it's hard to bring linebackers or safeties or anybody else unless you can man up mm-hmm. and uh, play one-on-one football. And they – that's he, – he plays one-on-one football. You know, on the, yeah. on the defensive end, and I don't know. I think it's a credit to both the players and to the coaching that they can pull it off. A credit to Coach Drinkowitz to realize that the zone ain't gonna work for us. Like if we're gonna have, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. To go after their nuts and, and be aggressive. He's aggressive on both sides of the ball. <laughs> Today, though, he was fucking assignment, discipline, whatever you want to call it. I mean, like, he had a plan. He stuck to it. He ground him to powder to the point where I was getting frustrated. I'm like, throw mm-hmm. the ball a little bit oh, more. Yeah. Like, come on. I, like, I open wanted, it up. I wanted to see that, too. I mean, we did know. I mean, we heard about it in our midweek show that the strength of this Kentucky team is that secondary. And I asked Aaron Gershong, I said, are we playing into your all strength? Because we've got a downfield vertical thrower. Mm-hmm. And Drinkwitz knew what was coming. And he, yeah. he just like you said, he did the exact opposite. And it was really interesting to see because we saw what he did against LSU and we knew that LSU's weakness was its secondary. And so we took advantage of that. But uh, it's great to have two experienced running backs because we just basically Mm -hmm. every week we change what we are. We're a chameleon. You know what I mean? I love it. Well, like I said, it's, I think, 
you know, that's part of the reason why I walk into the house and I say, we got a coach because he's, he's changing things on the fly. And those are the things that the best coaches do. That's why, but make Bill Belichick famous. I know I've given this speech before and I always talk about when I can't remember which year it was that Missouri went and played Alabama. 2014. In Atlanta for the SEC championship. What Missouri had was a smothering defense with some great defensive ends and pressure on the quarterback. And so for the first series or first two series of that game, Alabama came out and played an offense they'd never played before. Bubble screens and like short dump off stuff. And they just did everything to negate this pass rush. And they got us down by two scores, you know, immediately. And then they just, the game was out of reach. You know what I mean? But they did something they'd never done before. And I was like, God, that's just coaching. He mm-hmm. identified a problem. And it's what Belichick does. And it's what I watched Drinkowitz do from week to week. You know, we were a different team today. We were the team we needed to be to win. Well, and the thing about Drinkwitz and the style of play that he has and the sort of like no safety net kind of strategy he has going into these games, both offensively and defensively, is that there will be times that it can be frustrating. I mean, the the, the 21 play drive that ended in zero points. Yep was frustrating. That was a low point in this game. And it was frankly, you know, there were times that drink. I was, play calling, I was like, take the points. Don't do that. Yeah. I mean, like the, the play calling wasn't always brilliant mm-hmm. because like the, the, the final drive where we got a field goal out of it, there were some scratch your head plays being called. I mean, I feel like we really could have gotten into the end zone, but at the same time, it was all under the overarching macro skip. He wasn't uh, worried about, he was worried about getting a two possession ball game. That's right. And burning clock. And that's what I mean. He's, he had a He's strategy. more disciplined than the fans are who want him to, no, he, to he, do his thing. I think, <laughs> I do think that Eli Drinkwitz, every time he's approached with a fourth and one, it does not matter if it's in yep. his own five and he's up by 35 points. He wants to well, go if you for go it those on math, fourth and one. You've talked to those uh, data nerds. They'll tell you like they should people should go on fourth down more. You know, the the, the science, whatever you the data yeah. backs it up. And I think a lot of that is creeping in. People are believing that a little bit more. I think offensives you see are being a little more aggressive, a- aggressive. But I I think what really what it boils down to with the two different offenses that we've seen under Barry Odom the last four years in Drinkwitz is I think there's two types of coaches. I think you can basically put coaches into two different bins. They're either the fourth and one. I got to kick it every time. That's what you do. I'm a mm. coach. This is what you do. It's fourth down. You kick it mentality. And you really got to talk yourself into going for it. You mm. know, in extreme circumstances, you really got to talk yourself into it. Barry Odom falls into that bin. Drinkwitz is the other guy, which is you got to talk him out of going River for boat it. Gambling. Riverboat gambling. Riverboat gambling. Let's right. do this, baby. Yeah, let it ride. Well, and you How know much what? am I up? Let's if let it ride. If you're, coaching, if you're a good coach and your team has been successful, like nothing will give you more confidence. Mm-hmm. Like. Coach knows what he's doing, but it's also a momentum killer when you don't get it. It does, but but it it the players think he believes in us. It's one of those things like they didn't give LSU time to call. He didn't call timeout at the end of the LSU game, and people gave him a little grief for it. He's like, I didn't want to give him time to call up a play. He trusted his defense to just get out there and get after it. And the defense had been giving up points left, right, and center, but he still. Believed in them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And those kids respond to that. Drinkowitz has confidence in what he's doing. You what know? Do you, and it, it just permeates every a- aspect of the program. I'll tell you what, when I watched this game, I do think I saw what the hype about Kentucky was. I mean, I, I don't think Kentucky is what they made him out to be, but they are as good a team as we played against. Like, oh, I think that's that. The South score doesn't Carolina. belie the way that we dominated a good team. Mm-hmm. That's mean, what I'm saying. Like when I watched Kentucky Day and then we won and we sort of dominated that game, but it was, you could tell they were a good team. They were a disciplined team. They were a physical team. They were just, they were out coached today. Yeah. And that, I, on I, our I, sideline, the guy on our sideline had their number. And I liked the way that our new quarterback, Connor Basilak, with his giant 
Cock and balls. Winging cock, bouncing <laughs> against his thighs. <laughs> the bruising must be miserable. It must be awful. But he changed what he did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He changed the scheme as well. And he, yeah. uh, especially early, he looked deep. And because Kentucky has a good secondary, there wasn't a lot open. Jalen Knox, I saw number nine pop up a lot, though, on those mid-level options. I will say this. Connor Bazelak is miles beyond where Drew Locke was at this point as far as Agreed. making reads. Agreed. Just looking at all sides How of the many field. Times, in the last two games, I've seen... Connor Bazelak step up in the pocket, throw from the run off of a strange platform and throw BBs. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, Drew Locke, love him. But I never saw Drew Locke do that. Throw a BB on the run. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, look, Drew Locke, eyes up the field. Drew Locke excelled when you had a fast receiver who ran a great route, got himself a little club, you know, got himself mm-hmm. a step or two, and he went on a go yeah, route. Got a big arm and could get hit those goes and yeah, can't do right. it. That's where you want got that Drew Locke. nine route right down the seam, but the but the play breaks down. You got to jog out of your pocket a little bit and sort of look for guys who are a, outside of their route. He throws that's Connor Bazelak country accurate baby accurate ball with with velocity. I mean, like I, you could you could t- always tell that these. I could tell it last week, and I could definitely tell it this week because those guys had watched a Mizzou game where Connor Bazelak had been the quarterback. But as the game goes on, you can tell they become more and more impressed with him. You know, I'm like, man, this Belay's like, <laughs> he really doesn't, yeah. you know, because they watch him, you know, run down the field and throw off a poor platform and throw a BB and they're, you know, fuck, you don't see that much in college. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that guy threw a fucking BB. And so it, Connor's easy to get excited about when you watch him play. And I mean, talk about cool as the other side of the fucking pillow. I mean, that guy has no pulse. And you combine that with Drinkwitz walks around for a nerdy looking guy. He walks around with a, like a guy with a 12 inch cock and a $10,000 bill in his wallet. You know what I mean? Like he is a fucking guy who he doesn't seem to have, he, you know, they interview him at halftime and you just like, he's matter of fact, he knows exactly what he's doing. I don't know. He's very comfortable in his own. Fuck, I'm telling you, man. And uh, he's a good coach. And we're going to have a lot of fun with him and Connor uh, Blazelak for the next four years. Oh, or maybe sure five. You know, so. I don't think that uh, um, Connor or coach may last that long, unfortunately, if, as way they look now. But Well, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, I think we said before this show, during the midweek show, I said, if Drinkwitz can beat Kentucky and can take this sort of five-game curse off of our backs that mm-hmm. Barry Odom left – <laughs> I'm, I am totally in the tank for Eli Drinkwitz, yep. you know what I mean? Because that guy. I'm there. Maybe I'm there. He, he's beating LSU with something I don't remember us ever doing. Mm-hmm. And then he's now beating Kentucky. I and mean, Kentucky is ascended. No question. Everybody's saying that this may be one of the best teams that Mark Stoops has put together. You know, they're experienced. And well, we heard a whole lot of reasons from Aaron Gershon about why Missouri couldn't win this game. And we won anyway. Well, I, I think coaching has. And here's the other thing, Colin. I'll say this about one last thing. Before this season started, I said, and maybe this is just like rose-colored glasses, but everybody's kind of assuming this is a total rebuild year, but it's really not. We were bowl eligible last year in a team that, a very talented team that really underperformed and had a yeah. bad coach. So now we've still got a lot the of that team talent. Is getting, yeah, the team is getting saddled too much with bad coaching as being mm-hmm. bad athletes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, no, we're really good athletes. We're just really, 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 really poorly coached. <laughs> That's right. We had Bazelak last year. We had Roundtree last year. We yeah. had Beatty last year. We had <laughs> Nick Bolton last we year. We had Knox last year. <laughs> Last year, yeah. we had these guys, and they were good players. Bledsoe, last year. And, and they have we have Gillespie. All these players that are making plays out there right now were under Barry. Were there for Barry Odom too? He, he, again, we, they were just you know poorly, 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 poorly coached. 
Poorly. You know, I'm not going to give money to the uh, bronze fund for Arkansas statue that they are building in Barry Odom right no, now. No, I'm not going to give that either. But yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to give to some, you know, start a, start a piggy bank for Drinkwitz. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, we may never, we may break it at one point and drink it by a 12 pack with it if he starts to fall off the wagon. But right now, we could, not a bad time to start. And uh, when you watch results like these last two weeks and the, and not just the, the result in a win, the way we won, in this case, out coaching. Kentucky and beating them through own stick and with LSU being a completely different team and throwing it all over the yard. It makes you feel like there's no way we could lose to South Carolina and Will Muschamp, <laughs> right? Like this, like we're obviously as good as them from a talent aspect. And Coach Drinkowitz is a guy who, um, God, is obviously light years ahead of where fucking Will Muschamp is. Oh, course. yeah. Will Muschamp. No, he needs, um, he's still at shapes and colors when it comes to <laughs> the learning curve. Yeah. He's still making, uh, you know, hand, uh, turkeys. <laughs> and, and arts and crafts for uh, for the refrigerator when and it comes in to his coaching. playbook, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just shit scrawled on paper. Honestly, <laughs> it's great. I mean, I we're early in the season, but we got to keep in mind this is a team that the over under was three wins. We're at two and two right now, and we've gone through an absolute buzzsaw: Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, and now Kentucky. And we're two and two. And we're two and two. And and I want Tennessee back. We've got a lot of games left, and people said we could only win three. And I, I mean. Right now, I think the attitude this team has is who you got. Bring them on. Let's play yeah, them. I, I feel that way because regardless of who we play, we're going to be prepared. And I think we saw it in the first week against Alabama. The result was not seen in the score. Like, this is a better team than we've been. Then we went and played Tennessee and shit the bed. And I kind of thought, oh, maybe maybe that was sort of an outlier. And mm-hmm. now you're just like, no, the first game was the, the, the outlier's Tennessee. Yeah. Like oh, this, they were a sharp football team against Alabama, and they've been a sharp you football love, team after this. Wouldn't you like to have that Tennessee game back now with Bazelak under helm? Yeah, give him the first two series instead of um, Robinson. I mean, like, we just didn't know what we were at that point. God, LSU just scored again. Shoo! Anyway. <laughs> it's a flat clobbering. It's clobbering time. Fuck South Carolina, though. I mean, this is good because... You know, we beat LSU, and the mm-hmm. fact that LSU isn't – I mean, if LSU loses out, then that game means nothing. But yeah. the fact that they're still competing in the SEC they're is still, good. They're bludgeoning South Carolina 52-17. to 17 Jesus says, you know, maybe Christ. They are, maybe they are a pretty decent football team that Connor put it all over. You know what I mean? Maybe, but it's also the quantum universe where everyone is good <laughs> yeah. and bad at the same yeah, time. Absolutely so, the same time. So who knows? But anyway, we'll. Uh, I think it's about time we get to the break. But we've got a lot to talk about with this game. We didn't even get to things like the uh, – whole team-wide taunt of a Kentucky player, which, yeah, which I enjoyed. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck them. I'm We've sure got to do Sour Grapes, obviously. Well, I didn't know. I didn't really think got there would voicemail. I didn't think Sour Grapes would be a big deal because Kentucky's Kentucky. And, I mean, we put up the thing like we've been trolling the every team we play this year where I'm putting they don't belong in the SEC. And we've got zero from Kentucky. They just don't care because they don't have much of a football fan base, I mm. thought. But they are pretty upset about Mizzou beating they are. them. They did not expect this loss tonight. And so there's quite a few Sour Grapes. So we are happy to bring that to you. Yep. We got a full show and some great Kansas news. This is why we love college football. This is Mazadcast glory days. This is our salad days, Colin. That's, that's right. All right, let's go to break. We'll come back with all that good stuff. This is the Mazadcast. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hey guys, we have a new sponsor. Who is it? Well, they're called Manscaped. And oh, I know I know this product. Yeah, they sent us some stuff, didn't they? Yeah, we shaved our sweet salty balls with them. I'll tell you what, they have good stuff. I shaved and I found a tattoo I forgot I even had. <laughs> They're the number one men's below-the-belt grooming company in America. My balls are so soft. <laughs> Who's the governing body who decides this, by the way? I don't know, but I, I believe what they're telling me. Manscaped has redesigned its electric trimmer. It's called the Lawnmower 2, and it has proprietary skin-safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's a zero-turn mower. It gets the job done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's scrote safe. That's guaranteed. But I can't tell you how many lacerations my ball sack used to have before we got Manscaped. Well, you shouldn't have been using that bullwhip, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. In my defense, it was a rusty lawnmower blade. But either way, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Don't use the same trimmer on your face as you use on your balls. Best day one stuff. Act now and you can get 20% off and free shipping. Just use the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the right job. Your balls will thank you. This one's called Watershed. It's brought to us by Simon Stockdale. He's in a band called The Phosphines, and they're located in Melbourne, Australia. So uh, thanks for submitting your music. If you'd like to get your band on, send it to mazodcast at gmail.com, just like Simon Stockdale did, and we'll play your music. Colin, it is a segment we love during the football season. Mm -hmm. It's hearing from you all. It's the uh, voicemail segment where you can call in to the show and uh, leave us your voicemail. Tell us what you thought about the game. Now we're sponsored. Is that right? Yes. We are sponsored by uh, Game 6 Honky Tonk. Owners Ryan and Jeremy Binkley have brought uh, Nashville to St. Louis for all of our fans. They're at Game 6 Honky Tonk. You listen to good music just down from the stadium. And they've decided to sponsor the Game 6 Honky Tonk listener line. That's right. And it is one of our most popular segments. If you'd like to call the listener line, you can at one 314 896 Three eight four nine. Leave us your voicemail. Let's get into it now, Colin. It's the Game Six Honky Tonk Listener Line voicemails. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. What the hell is this background noise? It sounds terrible. Yeah, there was a. We didn't get into that. There was a weird, weird. I don't know background noise. Like I don't know if it was. They were trying to pump in canned fake audience noise since we were only at 20% capacity. I feel like they were piping it in, though. They would have shut it off when somebody said, well, that sounds awful. Well, and my understanding is the people in the stadium that I've talked to didn't hear. There wasn't anything mm. live. And on the radio broadcast, there wasn't anything either. But it was something to do with the SEC broadcast. I muted it. Like a lot of this game, I heard a lot of complaints about the SEC announcing group. I had no idea because the that hissing, nasty, shrill, shrieking noise, yeah. like an alien getting butt fucked. <laughs> I couldn't do it, so yeah. I turned it yeah. off. I agree. It was weird. 
quick halftime thoughts. Defense looks good. Pass coverage looks great. I don't know if I agree with the call there on third down and goal. Would have liked to see a quick pass as opposed to play action rollout. It felt like Kentucky had that all sniffed out. However, going into half and getting the ball back softens the blow a little bit. Basilak is a robot. The guy seems to have zero emotions in the football field. You'll love to see it. Hey, 30 minutes, continue playing hard, break the streak, hopefully. Now, the true test, it's a 4 o'clock game at home at Burrow with Kentucky in town. It's late October. Can we get a first down? just one, and we're automatically in better terms than the last time Kentucky came to Como. So, it's finished strong, M-I-Z. We did finish strong, Z-O-U. Yeah, these, obviously these voicemails were coming in during the middle of the mm-hmm. game when the, the outcome was in doubt, but, I mean, I didn't feel ever at any point, really, I wasn't biting my nails. The only time I even got mildly nervous was when uh, Kentucky got the ball back and immediately went down and threw the, was the only offensive series they had all night where they were any good. Yeah. And they threw a, t- a touchdown past the corner of the end zone. I was like, man, there's a lot of time left in this game. They get back into this thing. Especially when we went three and out to follow up. But even then, I was just like, what is – I just don't – again, because I have confidence in the coaching, I'm just like – we'll figure this out. You're like, we're not going to shit the bed like we would with the Barry Odom team because Drink will have everybody prepared for this moment, you know. (laughs) These next few voicemails, they are also around the halftime mark. Honestly, first half takeaways, um, I think it's going exactly how it should. The offense is playing decently well. They're moving the ball. Clearly, Kentucky can't fucking pass the ball. So we're shutting that down, which is what we need to do. I say we win here in a close one, a close, low scoring game. Let's get it. Second half, MIZ. You got it, buddy. And I think this is. This we'll is just Rick- call him Ricky Catcaller. This is Ricky Catcaller for sure. And uh, you haven't had enough drinks. I hope you call back later in the night because I like your, I like your late night calls, bub. <laughs> Hello, Alex from Houston, my Texas accent, watching that first half. Welcome back, Alex. Yeah, it was, it was uh, pretty uh, pretty dreadful. Still up 7-3, happy days. I just, uh, the background noise, the background noise, the background noise. It's the sound of 10,000 eunuchs getting their bulk cut off in one <laughs> go. I think, oh, are you crying? I'm crying. All right. M-I-Z. It was terrible. It was just, fuck, I couldn't do it. I muted it. I honestly hadn't noticed it until I started seeing the tweets come in. Really? Nope. It was terrible. <laughs> I didn't notice it at all. It just goes to show how little Colin notices. It's halftime. Bedazzled dick and the old Tigers are doing pretty well. I'm liking what I see. That drive right before half seems like it was mishandled, to say the least. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Well, we know what happened at the end of the game, so we're all right. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it, w- it was not the best performance at the end of the half. It was sort of a yeah, and Drinkwitz said tested, it. Yeah, hey. he interviewed him on the way, and he's like, "I misused my timeouts." And and that's the thing I like about Drink too. One of the things I like about Drink is he's pretty open about stuff. He doesn't try to cover his trail. You know, if he screws up, he's like Mia culpa. You know, yeah. and that's pretty rare in college football. Well, like I said, it just, I think it just belies the confidence he's got. What's up, guys? This is Kelly from Sedalia. Hey, Kelly. Hey, I'm calling. It's uh, four minutes and 43 seconds into the third quarter. We've had the ball the entire time, so that part's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. The reason I'm calling, the whole reason, is because I just wanted to say that Matt Stinchcomb can suck a fat dick. This guy <laughs> just, even when he's complimenting Mizzou, he seems to be trying to take a shit on them. And it's just like somebody needs to refill his cup with something other than fucking hot dog water. Hot dog water. <laughs> I hate him. Fuck Georgia. Go Mizzou. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. That was a little all over the place, but it had the perfect amount of vitriol. Yep. 
All right. In the third quarter, I don't like ever bringing up the fucking refs, but I'm going to. These fucking douchebags playing a fuckboy game. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Fucking douchebags. That's the kind of analysis you don't get on a lot of football programs. Yeah. Nope. It's hard to argue with. No, it's straightforward. It's to the point. It's, it's It says everything we're thinking. We're up 10 with just over three minutes left, and I still feel terrible about our chances of winning this game. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. the Mizzou fan we know and love. Yeah, but I really never felt that way. No, I, I mean, uh, we were, you know, when we got up by two scores, I had a little bit of a breathing room, and then whenever we got that extra touchdown, you know what? I just felt confident. Like I said, mm-hmm. we, I know we got a good coach now. It's we've had. It's only four games in, well, but I, it's I, already I think, better than Barry Odom. That's Kent- clear. If Kentucky tells us anything about football, it's that you can have a really good team, but if you don't have a quarterback, you ain't got dick. And um, that's what Kentucky was today. They were a good team without a quarterback. And uh, we've got uh, we got a quarterback, folks. So on a day where the teams are more or less evenly matched, the, the team with the quarterback wins. Yeah. And they didn't have a quarterback. They had two guys that they also were not very good. They also didn't have Benny Snell anymore, you yeah. know. And we did have two good running backs. Yeah. And Larry Roundtree, like you said – I did feel like offensively, every inch we got, we had to work for. Yeah, you know that's what I'm I mean? saying. They're a good team. Oh, how many times did we go for it on fourth down? We scraped for real. Yeah, we scraped and we clawed, and they didn't give up. But Larry plays. Roundtree never stopped fucking pounding them into the sand. Well, and they only had, they were well, they they only have one penalty, Kentucky, that I can remember towards the very end of the game for holding on defense. They played hard nosed defense. They never gave. They didn't give up big plays. They were a good no defense. fundamental. Well coached team, and we were just better. We uh, made the plays when we had to, and a lot of those were on fourth down, and there were gutsy calls, and uh, most of the time it went our way. What's up, Mazad Podcast? First time in a long time. <laughs> uh, Dick Wiley again. Mm, Great one this week. I think we can improve. At least Coach Strength shows some humility. Can't wait to go in and destroy Barry L. We don't need him. Strength is better. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, one thing I would like to see, would love to see our punt returners run the ball when there's 15 <laughs> fucking yards with no Yeah, I noticed that too. So let's see if we get some difference. Uh, love the podcast. Keep it up, guys. And uh, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Eli Drinkwitz just did what it took Barry Odom five years to not accomplish. <laughs> Let's fucking go, Tigers. Mizzou, I'm going to pelt the football. Fuck go, Tigers! <laughs> All right. That's what I like. Welcome. I love the end of the night voicemails. Yeah, we're getting to the six o'clock hour with these voicemails. We've got a ton of them tonight. It is something that Barry Odom was so awful that we're having to celebrate beating Kentucky as if it's a massive accomplishment. We haven't done it in five fucking years. I'm glad it ended tonight. Hey, Mark Stoops, why don't you put some of that bedazzled sack in your pipe and smoke it? That's a real quarterback for you right there, not that noodle arm BS that you throw out there. And Roundtree brought that big dick energy tonight. That was freaking amazing. And then our bedonkadonk kicker sealed the deal. <laughs> oh, and FYI, guys, the wife really loved that whiskey dick. <laughs> M-I-Z. She may have said that, but yeah. I don't know if she loved it. Yeah. You know, the last time we came to you, we beat LSU, and that was a huge win, and they were ranked, and it was a big deal. And this, I don't want to diminish this. because this the last was, time we did sour grapes in back-to-back weeks? Right, and and... Kentucky's a legit team, and we talked about it in the midweek show. Like we're we're no longer at the point where we're like taking a dump on the fact that people like Kentucky. Kentucky's a good team. Kentucky is not Vanderbilt. We want we beat a good football team today. A hundred percent through this game, I thought we were a better team though. Mm-hmm. Amazon cast. It's the guy that you said sounded way too calm after the LSU. <laughs> yeah. Just finished that Kentucky game. Looked all right. I'm glad we won. Here's things I really liked. Like, I liked seeing Tyler Beatty 
I'm glad the methadone clinic lets him use the phone. Yeah. I liked how Bazelak was proven not to be just a, a vertical quarterback, but he could mm-hmm. also run the option. Sure could. But then those penalties are gained out of hand. They got out of hand in the LSU game. His enthusiasm is infectious, game. Brennan, frankly. And that first My pass, hands are shaking. I just peaked <laughs> up there. It was a good game. Looking forward to Florida next week. M-I-Z-Z-O-U-Z-O-U And you know like like Colin said That kind of excitement is infectious That's right I To that caller I want to say Have you tried cocaine? I think mm. you'd be a good candidate for cocaine We can get you some cocaine <laughs> There are ways you I don't didn't say know. that I you didn't say that You don't want to know how But there are ways <laughs> But it has to do with a Caleb Bumgart and a donkey That's all we're going to You know mm. A lot of things start there <laughs> But they never finish there mm-hmm. Missouri beat Kentucky. Weren't they supposed to win the East? Kentucky doesn't belong in the SEC. <laughs> I'm going to go get drunk and bang a fat chick. Nice. <laughs> nice. Good. Good. That's what we all I should like be doing. I like my students call. Mm-hmm. What another great win. I thought there'd be a drop-off after LSU, but the Tigers came through with another magnificent win over Kentucky. I love the aggressiveness, going for it on fourth down multiple times. Barry would be punting on second down. <laughs> More importantly, <laughs> I will love hearing more of those sour grapes. Oh, you're going to hear them better. Right, coming, buddy. Connor Balsack has a vision sticking balls on planet Earth. Larry Roundtree is a Heisman candidate. No fucking Tigers. I'm hammered. Let's go. Have we mentioned that uh, Basilac's got a huge hog? <laughs> yeah, I hope we haven't We haven't left that out, Brandon. Colin, can you do me a favor? What's that? Behind you in the studio, there's a big gray bag there. Mm-hmm. Just oh. go ahead and take your headset off. I know it's uh, in the middle of the show, but go ahead and do that. Grab that uh, bag. Bring it on over to the, uh, bring it on over where we're recording here. All right. Take, open that up for me, would you? Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, grab it. Grab your mic. <laughs> we got the I what we have here is a is a gift for the listeners. Oh. I don't I don't know how we're going to distribute this. We haven't talked about this at all, but <laughs> yeah, you haven't even mentioned this to me, Brendan. Colin, you want to describe this? There's a giant dildo. Mm-hmm. Uh, here at Let's see what it, it's, it's pretty it? big. It's pretty big, it's I guess. It's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of big, I guess, depending on who you ask. It's 17 inches. It's called Doc Johnson's Dick Rambo Cock. Rambone Cock. Yeah. It is the closest I could find to uh, Caleb's story about the home wrecker. <laughs> this could wreck a home. <laughs> yes, I believe that. <laughs> I felt like it was a sufficient, satisfactory. Both literally and figuratively, this yeah. could wreck a home. That's so, how large it is. Well, we can't get our listeners the, the home wrecker. I can't get them the Rambone. Yeah, that's well. I'm God bless you, Brennan. So we're going to have to talk about how who gets the Rambone and how why. We, and how, how. Yeah, how, who wins this? How do they get it? It's currently at the studio, though, and Colin is admiring it. And you can tell he's gobsmacked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's something. It is. Let's get on with these voicemails. We got a bunch of them. I just wanted to call in and say that uh, Kentucky is a complete disgrace to the SEC. They obviously don't belong. And by the way, Kentucky, if you're looking for a quarterback, I got a fat old cousin that cut his own fucking arm off in a wood splitter, and he throw for more than 35 fucking yards. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, I don't. I would never want to be a part of this guy's family. No. Fucking drink, man. Drink has a fucking massive cock. So does Basilac. I don't know what's happening right now, but fuck Barry Odom. Fuck TJ Mo. And most importantly, fuck Kansas. <laughs> it's hard to argue with any of that. Yeah, it all makes perfect sense. 
true Sun A7 down here in Fort Long Beach, Florida, active duty Air Force. You know how it goes. MIG, turn off after a five-year wait to beat Kentucky. Damn, that felt good. It's popped up. A new, uh, what do I got in my hand? Uh, a nice little tasty lining Google. I've been feeling good all day, and <laughs> just kept going. The yeah. Zazzle Dick coming through in the clutch. Larry Ride the vibe. Doing That's what right. he does and just grinding it out, drink, knowing what he needs to do, just totally flipping the script on Kentucky and just grinding out a win. It felt damn good. Two and two, two and two are feeling like we could seriously, maybe outside Georgia, I mean, outside Georgia, we have a shot against every other team on the schedule. We have a legitimate shot. That's a fair shake. M-I-Z, drink up. Z-O-U. I, you know what? He makes a great point that Mizzou fans enjoy this. Load your bowls full of jazz cabbage and fill up your drinks. Mm-hmm. Enjoy yourselves. Yeah, and I, I kind of agree. I mean, I think, bring us Florida. Let's see what Florida's yeah, got. We you want know? Florida. <laughs> I mean, I do want Georgia, too. I mean, I think that we... We want Georgia. Yeah, we, I mean, obviously, you got to go through Georgia. But we've had Florida's number many years, and I've seen Florida lose games this year. I've seen us win games this year. Everybody's good. Everybody's let's, bad. It's the quantum universe year. Let's, let's get way out of our skis here, Brent. Okay, I'm ready. Let's imagine a scenario where Mizzou just fucking takes the East by storm. This year where the over-under was three wins, nobody looked for Missouri. Imagine Eli Drinkwitz in his first season takes Mizzou to Atlanta. <laughs> mm. or the, I mean, I know that is crazy talk and uh, it's, but you know, imagine. That's not so crazy. Uh, uh, Alabama already beat Georgia. They got one loss. We've got two. We beat Georgia. Then we've got the head-to-head matchup over Georgia. That's the only game. Gotta worry about Tennessee. Yeah, that's right. And, and Tennessee's bound to fall in its place. Mm-hmm, that's what Tennessee do. That's how they does. Yeah, I believe that Kentucky has already beaten Tennessee. <laughs> yep. So, baby, that would be sweet. They're helping us out. Oh yeah. <laughs> Onward and upward to Georgia we go. Yep, that's right. Last time I called you guys, you were using your personal phone, and it was 2014, and you guys answered while you were recording the show. <laughs> It's been a long time. <laughs> Fuck Barry Odom. Yeah. I stole a cardboard cutout of Gary Pinkle. M-I-Z. <laughs> You're a goddamn champion. God bless you for being a long-time listener. That's true. We did. We did answer on our personal phones, and it was just, we, we had the bad sense to let callers come in on the show live. Yep. Uh, hey, it's about uh, 8 o'clock on Saturday night, and I've had some time to decompress from the game and think about what I just saw, and I am just very happy with how everything went, for sure, and I wanted you all to know that. Thanks, pal. Yeah. I felt close to him for some reason. Mm-hmm. Imagine if this was a 6 o'clock game and we did this at 9, 10 o'clock at night, how <laughs> drunk everybody would be. Oh, very drunk. I do encourage the drunk calls. Those are fantastic. But yeah, I mean, I think our callers bring up really good points, and I think they echo our enthusiasm about this team. I mean, the good thing about this year, Colin, is we really had zero expectations. I mean, we yeah. came into this son of a bitch That's with That's what I mean. Nothing. Nobody had any expectations for us, including us. And what if we just snuck up and took the East right out of, their, out of Georgia's pocket or Florida's pocket and how miserable that would make everyone in the SEC universe? Every win. we got to beat Vanderbilt. Nobody. Well, but if, listen, we, if we beat Vanderbilt, every other win that comes along is house money. You know I understand. I mean? We're going I understand into I'm Vegas. Over my skis. I, I understand. All we're, I'm saying is, we're playing over your skis. The SEC hates nothing worse than Mizzou winning. Nothing. That's worse. right. Well, on the whole, like the East, the West, the press, like nothing makes the SEC matter than Mizzou winning football games. And so, imagine no. us taking the East and strangling it to death. I would just. I mean, think about how miserable Paul Feinbaum would be. Oh well, he'd say one thing: the SEC's down. <laughs> 
That's right. Mm. <laughs> There'd be an echo chamber of that. <laughs> all right, Colin, are you ready to do something a little special? We don't get to do all the time, but we do get to do tonight. I think you know that I am. It's time for some sour grapes. What you got there, sour grapes? You got a grip of sour grapes. Oh, them sour grapes. You brought them sour grapes. Sour grapes, sour grapes. You got them sour grapes. Oh, sour grapes. You want a grip of sour grapes. Oh, 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 oh. You got them sour grapes. All right, Colin, you got some sour grapes for us? I sure do. I right, sure do. Bring it on. Really? Uh, you know, we beat LSU, and yeah, uh, we did, it was a lot. harder to find sour grapes. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there no. was not as much fire fire sour grapes as there was for Kentucky. So yeah, there wasn't a lot of vitriol for us so much as just looking inward and being mad at themselves. But Kentucky thought they were better than Missouri. They and sure that's did. really, let's see, I don't know how to put this. LSU is, a, is too shocked by the outcome to be mad at Missouri. Right. But because... Kentucky feels like they live in that middle tier, and Missouri feels like they live in that. Like we are. Well, people have told Kentucky they deserve the win. They're entitled <laughs> to the win tonight. Yeah, you know because it's I mean? Missouri, right. and they're supposed to be really good. They're right resurgent. Now. Mark Stoops Ooh. is like Bob Stoops, but fatter. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they, they were not happy with the uh, outcome. So I'm going to start out actually with an Arkansas fan who just simply tweeted: "Missouri Kentucky doesn't feel like an SEC football game." Sour grapes. This is from Arkansas. All we do is beat Arkansas, by the way. <laughs> and I'm going to say it right now, what is tonight? October 24th, 2020. We're beating Arkansas again. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're going to beat Barry Odom and fucking Arkansas. Those cocksuckers are getting all the press in the world because they're what, two and two or yeah. three and one or whatever they are. They're a bunch of fucking posers. And Arkansas is going to lose to Missouri this Thanksgiving. Fuck them. Barry Odom is a defensive coordinator because we fired him as head coach. <laughs> we beat Arkansas. Mark it down. Anyway, nicely done. Christy W. at Christy98 said, I don't care how this single game goes. Missouri doesn't belong in the SEC and should, along with South Carolina, be kicked out of the conference. This is from a Kentucky fan. Sour grapes. Well, we are in year eight, I think, of our time in the SEC. So shut up, Kentucky well, fans. Yeah, like South Carolina gets thrown in the cart with us. I mean, it's like it's, it's not like we just beat Alabama and they're like, get out of the SEC. This is Kentucky telling us we don't belong. Yeah, I don't want to hear that from a basketball school. Fuck <laughs> off. All right, I got one from Brady Driscoll who says, Kentucky has now completely blown chances against Mizzou and Ole Miss. Mizzou celebrating like they beat Bama. Rodriguez not getting the ball enough. This sucks. Sour grapes. Does suck. That person had thoughts. Yeah, but he's wrong because his team is terrible. Fuck them. <laughs> UK, UK Sheriff says, games at Missouri just suck. Sour grapes. They do when you lose. John Hendricks Collins says, Mizzou sucks. They whooped us. I'm 40. I want to die. Sour grapes. <laughs> now, I want him to die. I like this one a lot because he's kind of all over the board. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's break this one down, would you? Please, yes. It's very short. Go to the game, Phil. It's very short, yet it is four sentences long. <laughs> it's the quantum universe. Mizzou sucks. Okay, that's classic sta- sour grapes territory, yeah, that's right? right. That's, we expect we live that. live in that world. Mizzou sucks. They whooped us, so now we're in the Arkansas world, where it's like, you suck. Because you beat us. Because you beat us, and that is a self-own, obviously. We've <laughs> talked about it many times. And then this is where it gets takes a real weird turn. I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> somebody somebody not comfortable with uh, hitting that, uh, that milestone in life, probably. Or maybe super comfortable with <laughs> Who it. Who knows? Too comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Happy and then, about it. But I would say not too comfortable because the next sentence is, <laughs> I want to die. <laughs> Salad grapes. Man. man. 
Yeah. <laughs> that might be a call for help. Right? Yeah, we got a, a Kentucky fan that followed up, a retweet on that, and said they kicked our ass, which is not a sour grapes. It's just an assessment of reality. <laughs> yeah, sure. Jermaine at It's Zach 21 put, wow, can't believe we lost to garbage-ass Missouri. Sour grapes. You did. <laughs> you did. Yeah. And what does it make you if we're garbage? Yeah, it makes you, the what's worse than the ass of garbage? <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's the, worse than garbage? Because that's what you are. The ass leakage of garbage. Oof. Mm, that's Kentucky. Brian Hill of at Brian underscore Hill says, listen, UK sucks, but how bad is Mizzou? We have less than 100 yards and we're down seven. Cry face. <laughs> Sour <laughs> Emoji time. It's emoji time. I don't understand this one. UK sucks, but how bad is Mizzou? Well, less bad than Kentucky. That's what we know. <laughs> we are less bad than that. Mm-hmm. The greatest of potatoes at we, at, I know, <laughs> at, at does we put, we lost a fucking Missouri. That's it. That's the tweet. Sour You sure grapes. did. That is a statement yeah. of fact. Sometimes the sour grapes are just stating the obvious. You yeah, know? just uh, There is a tree. <laughs> well, it's because they can't believe it, so they have to say it out loud to make it true. But I just watched it be so true. Dare Kentucky fans be a <laughs> indignant about this loss? Uh, Chase Wathen at Wathen Chase thirteen says, "How the fuck we just lose to Missouri?" Sour grapes. I'll tell you, and this was one I'm always good at handling, Colin. You scored fewer points than them. Yeah, yeah. You scored ten, and we but scored twenty. I think we've been clearer in the past. We're not football experts. We just no. watch the game and we know how it's played, but we're not mm-hmm. experts in it. But no, just I do handsome, feel handsome I, men talking do, about football. That's true. I do feel like I feel comfortable giving him that assessment, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have the answer to that question, and here it is: we scored more points. Yeah, there you there, go. There it is. Nailed it. At Seth Wallace wrote, I can't believe we lost to Missouri. Man, Mizzou sucks. LOL. Don't know what happened there. Sour grapes. Again, I think the answer is the same. We scored more points than they did. Yeah. Well, if you really want to get into, I don't know, the breakdown of the game, uh, Eli Drankowitz ran across the field, took the stick out of Mark Stoops' hand, and beat him over the face with it. That's what <laughs> happened in that game. So if you, want, if you want deeper analysis than just we scored more points. That's right. Uh, we got one from Tristan Root here at UK Power Phone. He says, fuck you, Missouri football. Y'all garbage people. (laughs) I like that. We are garbage people. He did follow up on his own tweet and said, congrats on winning the game, but y'all garbage human beings. Mm. Sour grapes. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's in raisin territory. Those are some sour grapes. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Shana at XX underscore Shana wrote, can't believe we lost to Missouri. Like, what's going on with the coaching staff? Sour grapes. She's right. The coaching staff problem is probably not what she's expecting. It's the fact that Barry Odom's not involved in this one. (laughs) Yeah. It's not your coaches. It's our coach. It was (laughs) our coach is the problem. It wasn't your coach. Yeah. Hey, Tristan Root is back. Uh, He says Missouri football today joins the ranks of Tennessee and Florida football in trash level. Just garbage people over there. Sour grapes. Here's the thing about Tristan. He's a big Kentucky fan. He's out of Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just shooting shooting fireballs out there at Phoenix about a team that he is not close to at all. Jason Oak at Bloods underscore Runs underscore Blue wrote, What the fuck does it take to get a taunting call on Missouri's bench? They were very upset that player ran into our bench. We all told him to eat shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, did you? what did you expect him them to do? Well, I'll say this. They probably deserved a taunting call. And if had they, got, had they gotten one, I would have expected it to have happened. But you know what? Fuck off. Yeah. Sour grapes. Uh, makes me a bad person, I guess. But, yeah, I like the them all standing over that player telling him to eat shit. Eat shit. Brian Thomas at Wildcat Brian 44 says, Grand got to go. 70 yards of offense, nine damn passing yards. Missouri's trash. Stoops AD, the big dog, better go hunt some receivers down. Sour 
it great. Again, this is one of those that's all over the board. All he knows is he's mad. Yeah, well, uh, John Bob Whitey 40 said, Can't wait to hear him. <laughs> Mizzou is trash, but our coaching is more trash. Sour like now they're, they're going to blame the coaching, and you know what? They they should. This is a this is an accurate tweet from the standpoint of their coaching is trash. Now we're not trash, but part of the reason they lost today because they are a good football team is because their coaching is trash. Yeah, that's true. Sour grapes. The thing about that is that uh, this is the best coaching that Kentucky's had in probably fifty years. <laughs> Buck four seven nine said Mizzou is such a trash team and a trash program. There's a lot of garbage and trash talk coming out of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kentucky's got a real hang up with that. Well, they're probably it's probably what they last eight <laughs> since what's <laughs> on top of mine. Yeah, <laughs> since what's hanging off their lip. <laughs> Salad grapes. <laughs> All right, Orange Cat at Destra seventy six says they lost to that awful Mizzou team that got blown out by that trash. Tennessee team. Trash again. Salad great. That's yeah, the theme tonight. Trash and garbage. Like you said, it's, you are what you eat. Mm-hmm. And Mary. <laughs> That's right. Kentucky sucks. The whole state sucks. Don't God, forget that. God yeah. bless. God bless uh, Kentucky for But I have been drinking today. bourbon all night, so yeah. that's one thing the I'll get my right. hat on to them. Yeah, so that has been Sour Grapes. Two games in a row. Feels pretty good, Colin. I'm not going to lie to you, Brennan. I'll enjoy it. I enjoy it. Yeah. So uh, uh, Schadenfreude is a wonderful thing. What a game. I mean, let's see. Have we really addressed all the major points? Sometimes I feel like we do these shows and we don't hit all the big points. You know, we just blast through here. We get a little too drunk. Yeah, Basilike played well. Roundtree played played exceptionally well. We taunted the Kentucky players. You know, Beatty came in a spot duty and good. There was Our, uh, freakish alien noises coming through the That Dove kid had another third, big third down conversion. I had like, like one Dove. catch, but he had a, like it was a big And he's a spot. Big kid. And he's made some freaky catches. I like him. Yeah, that uh, Hay kid that plays tight end. Tight end, end is, yeah. Uh, he's, he's continued to be consistent. If there's been one area of disappointment for me, kind of Daniel Parker at tight end. I haven't seen much of him. He's yeah, made a few yeah. mistakes, but Hay looks like a good guy. And I, I mean, I just feel like Drinkwitz uses tight ends differently than Barry Odom. Yeah, they're not a featured part of the offense. Bolton and Gillespie especially. And Manuel. Yeah, he looks good. That right there, there's three players right there. And Bledsoe maybe to, uh, to a certain extent too. Those are three legit football players on your defense. Mm-hmm. And um, especially Nick Bolton. And make He's a defense. Just, they really do make yeah. the defense. Oh, well, I tell you what, there's a on two separate occasions tonight, I saw Gillespie be the only man to recognize that ball out in the flat and get there. And if he misses that tackle or doesn't make it or doesn't recognize that, it's a big game. But I just thought that's an experienced, talented football player recognizing, reading, reacting. And like, I just know in seasons past that play didn't get made. You can just see it. I mean, the way uh, Bolton and Gillespie are the guys, I don't know when anything's out of the ordinary, when anything's out in that flat, when an open field tackle needs to be made, those are the guys that you find that are in the right position making the play. And it's, it's just talent and experience. And it's what puts pressure on the offense all the time. Bolt, Nick Bolton owns the field when he's on it. I was impressed by Nick Bolton early last year as a freshman. He looked like a strong linebacker. But this year, wherever the ball he is, Nick Kentrell Brothers. Yeah. And Kentrell Brothers is a guy who never got his due. No, you know but Kentrell Brothers was involved in fucking 15 tackles a game. He was always where he needed to be. He'd force a fumble. He was always where he needed to be because he was just smart and talented. And, and that's what that's what Bolton is. He's smart and he's talented. Has a nose for defense. Well, and, uh, on a football field, let's, it's, when you, it's really what it is. It's NFL talent. 
on a football field yeah. for talented athletes, the guy who's always in position making awesome plays is the guy who gets to go to go play at the next level. Mm-hmm. Because these are all great athletes, but only the greatest of the great go to the NFL. And that's what you see in a guy like Kentrell Brothers, who is in the NFL, and Nick Bolton, who's going to be in the NFL. Yeah. All right, Colin, we're going to move on to an important segment of our show that we do every week. And it's time, once again, for Kansas News. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story of the day comes from the Washington Post. Uh, Stormy Daniels spotted ghost hunting in Atchison, Kansas. And for those who don't know who Stormy Daniels is, Brennan? Uh, former First Lady of the United States? <laughs> no, but she is a former porn star. Oh, okay. Who did have sex with the uh, President of the United States, which mm-hmm. I mean, is a feather in your cap. Sure. Make a lot no of, mistake. Yeah, first jizz. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You see, we've been working on a series of stories about haunted houses for Halloween, and on a trip to Atchison, Vickers met someone else who's interested in sharing stories of the paranormal. At the historic McIntyre Villa was Stormy Daniels. Hmm. Was she performing in the area? I wonder. They, they, don't, they aren't allowed to have strip clubs in Kansas, are they? Mm, well, she's a ghost hunter now, Colin. Oh, I see. Ghost hunter, porn star, president fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the same Stormy Daniels, known for her work in the adult film industry and the legal battle with President Donald Trump. As it turns out, she's launching a show about ghost hunting. Mm. Uh, this should be a big hit. Sure. She's got a natural charisma, Brendan, that comes through on the screen, I can tell you that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she's got a, a real passion for her work. <laughs> I've always had an interest in the paranormal. Said and Cox. <laughs> yeah, they can be paranormal. She's been filming at haunted houses around the country, including a couple spots in the area. Vickers has been across town at the Sally House with a mutual ghost hunting contact who put them in touch and got them tetanus shots. <laughs> the funny thing about ghost stories is that when you talk about an experience, everyone else wants to talk about it. Daniel said, everyone has an experience and a show gives them a safe space to talk about it. I haven't had an experience. I nope. feel left out. I don't have an experience because it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> How did Stormy Daniels find Kansas, by the way? I don't know. I mean, this is, tells you the trajectory of her career. Well, I mean, I'm if you're going to go someplace to hear ghost stories, Kansas is probably a pretty good place. You're talking about a place that believes in angels, but the science is still out on climate change. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure. <laughs> well, Stormy Daniels was very serious here. She says she was here to talk about something serious like ghosts, not about the President of the United States. Amazing that anybody would ask her. But she did have this to say about the election. The big question I have now is who am I voting for? I think it's clear who I'm not voting for, but I've been careful not to endorse any candidate. I feel like it could be detrimental to the candidate. I'm just here to entertain with my big furry pussy. (laughs) And my big old titty meats. (laughs) Yeah, so Stormy's in Kansas if you all want to hang out and talk ghosts. From the Wichita Eagle comes another story here from Kansas. Dad uses fake nipple to nurse newborn while mom is unconscious. He calls it the moob. <laughs> oh boy. This Colin, I'm gonna show you a picture real fast. I know our listeners can't see it, but you need Good to Lord. soak this in. This is the moob when Maximilian Neubauer's wife was left unconscious after complications during an emergency cesarean section. A nurse gave him an epically killer offer. The opportunity 
to be the first person to breastfeed a newborn baby. Now, this isn't the first person to do it. That's been going on since I don't know humans. <laughs> I think say, they mean the first humans. I think they mean the first man to do it. Sure. Bad story, Wichita. It's almost like the Wichita Eagle is a piece of shit paper from a piece of shit town <laughs> from a piece of shit state. <laughs> so anyway, Maximilian, this this is some killer offer, and I don't know why they're making these like lighthearted things about his his wife is in a coma. Yeah, sure. They're giving him a fake nipple. For the baby, with C-section babies, it's very important to get them used to eating right off the bat. The new dad told People Magazine, it's like 1.30 in the morning, April, his wife was knocked out on drugs. So I assume pharmaceutical drugs that she yeah. can prescribe by a doctor. It does not specify. It is Kansas, so <laughs> Again, let's just make some assumptions. If we're going to make an assumption, let's assume it's methamphetamines. Okay, so she's knocked out on drugs, <laughs> probably methamphetamines. The nurses said we could use this nipple shield and mm. imitate breastfeeding. Ooh. Mm, there's been a lot Getting of... Getting all Kansas. chubbed up on this story. <laughs> there's a lot of imitating breastfeeding going on in Kansas, as it is very natural for newborns. I don't know about that. You're the first one ever to do it, so how natural could it be? <laughs> and it was an offer the dad couldn't refuse. Mm-hmm. I, think I think he could have. I think he could have, too. That's the first thing. Hey, you got any bottles? I would ask my first one. You know, instead of a fake tit, how about a bottle? Yeah. Here's here's a wild idea. Sticking a big baloney sized nipple to me. Yeah. A little bit of bottle. Yeah. They've come up with those. Yeah. The nursing staff was giggling and jumping for joy. Newbauer told. Now keep in mind, his wife's in a coma. (laughs) Uh, Told Love what matters. He slapped a suction cup fake nipple right on top of his own and became the first man to breastfeed his baby, according to Facebook. The fake nipple with a baby formula filled syringe was conveniently placed right below his heart tattoo with the word mom inscribed. So is this news? I mean, really? It sounds like they just shoved a tube of milk in a baby and made it a weird nipple attached to a man. Yeah. Yeah, I once uh, taped bottle rockets to my shoes, Brennan, and made rocket shoes. Mm. It's news. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes there's a story that comes along and it gets Mizzou fans so excited that our intrepid journalists out in the field, our uh, Mazad cast field reporters, send us in droves a certain story. We know we're in flavor country whenever we get multiple yeah. messages for the same and not, story I get over them, and not over. just to the Mazodcast Twitter account. I get them, people send them personally to my personal Twitter account. Like, people need us to know about this story. And we've had a handful like this when the yeah. guy fucked a car. Sure. He had a dog running for governor of sure. Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. Well, it's rare, but it's happened again. And a lot of our, uh, and like I said, intrepid Mizzou journalists have gotten to us and sent us this story, Kansas Teen Cover Self in Ranch Dressing During Drug-Fueled Vandalism Spree. <laughs> it's from the New York Post, but it could come from many sources because this is a big story. It went across the country. It says he was dressed, but not for success. <laughs> a Kansas teen covered himself in ranch dressing and went on a drug-fueled vandalism spree before crashing a car, authorities say. Shawnee County Sheriff's Office said 17-year-old unidentified boy was wreaking havoc naked at 3 in the morning <laughs> at the Petro Deli. He covered himself in ranch dressing, damaging property inside a business, ran outside and jumped into a running vehicle, then crashed into a nearby pillar. <laughs> Jam, this guy had a night. This guy is awesome. Yeah. I mean, this guy's a good time. He is the party. The sheriff's office no said shit. they believe he was under the influence of drugs. Well, their first giveaway. <laughs> and brought him a, to a local hospital for treatment. He uh, he was 
diagnosed with being awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a third-degree case. <laughs> he was later released into his parents' custody. We are happy to report that no one was injured during the ranch dressing incident, the police department said. No charges have been filed, and authorities have said the incident is under investigation. Sure, sure. sure I'm sure that it is. Yeah, it's one of those, like, it's like when the, uh, the good-looking female teacher sleeps with one of her students we're supposed to be like oh that tiss tiss this young man shouldn't do such things but we're really thinking wow that guy sounds awesome yeah he's living his best life <laughs> yeah he's doing it right <laughs> well some of us will go to our grave not knowing what it feels like to have our dicks covered in ranch dressing others of us are this guy <laughs> yeah exactly so that's yeah. the way that goes yep, that's right that gets us to our final point of the day. It's a big day in Kansas, Colin. Obviously, they don't play Missouri anymore over there. The Jayhawks. Nope, they, they, they their only rifle they can get to play now is a as a team with a terrible logo and with a terrible color. Frankly, you're talking about Kansas State, I assume. I assume you're right. Yep. So this is the cross state rivals. Kansas State took on Kansas tonight. The Jayhawks were playing at Manhattan, the Little Apple, or otherwise known as the Shithole Apple. Mm-hmm. Their gray and purple rival. <laughs> yeah, it's not the not the best color scheme in the world, but it's what they got to work with. And I'm sorry to report to you, Colin. Kansas State beat Kansas tonight. Not by much. 55 to 14. Oh, that seems like a lot. Yeah, you know, Brennan, I watched just a game. short part of this game. Yeah, that's uh, all you want to see. And it it's they're comically bad. I mean, comically bad. It mm-hmm. looks like a high school team playing college. I mean, it's bad. Wait, but, Les Miles, is a, he well, won a national championship Brennan, with Kansas, didn't he? It's not all he? bad news. It's not okay. all bad news. And I'm going to tell you why. All right. It's because for years, when I would watch LSU's uh, Les Miles on the sidelines, I used to marvel at how bad the dye job he had mm-hmm. was. I was like, that guy, Orange he's hair. the Mad Hatter because the, the, the hair dye is poisoning his brain i assumed yeah it's soaking in because he had that old guy dye job where you know his hair is actually gray or white and he's dying it and it turns it some sort of weird red, shade of red and he thinks we don't notice yeah and he thinks we don't notice and he's making three million dollars a season and he's not paying someone professionally to do this obviously or mm-hmm. if he is they're very very bad at it but anyway long story long dye job was a pretty good a day pretty natural color of brown not the orange i was expecting so so you think ultimately this is a win for kansas <laughs> i mean if you're, <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for small wins, <laughs> yeah, uh, Les Miles's die job is better right now than it was at LSU. Hey, it can't all be bad news, Brendan. We're just weirdos who just like to trash Kansas. You know what I mean? Like we got to <laughs> when right. they're when they're doing something right, we got to toot that horn. Got to announce bit. it. Yeah, they did lose fifty-five to fourteen, but nice, nice hair color for you, Les Miles. <laughs> well done. Not pretty natural. Pretty natural. Nicely done. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> All right. We got one more thing we want to bring to you tonight because it's a it's a hell of a night. Sure. Good win. We're two and two, and things are going in the right direction for our Missouri Tigers. But let's see what's going on with the rest of the SEC. It's time to go around the horn. We, we, we break our bread at Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. Built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. And we can't do this without the Paul Feinbot. So, Colin, would you fire him up? Will do. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. All right, Paul, thanks for joining us. 
Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. All right, Colin, we had, uh, I think, what, four games tonight. Florida still under uh, COVID restrictions. They couldn't play this weekend, I think. Is I that right? I believe that's the case. I don't know. Uh, God, Lord, how do you expect me to know these things? No, I don't know. I guess we're just doing a sports podcast. <laughs> All righty. Well, first game I have is Ole Miss versus Auburn. This was in Oxford. Uh, it was one of those games back and forth, kind of like the Ole Miss games we've seen in the past this year, where it's just like the last person to score will win. Auburn benefited though greatly at the end of this column from terrible 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 sec officiating yeah and they uh, gave we, our, we've they, got several years of experience in the big 12 and mm-hmm. it was bad officiating but i'm gonna i mean i can think like i safely say after watching what seven years of this they're worse in the sec the officiating is worse they must have something for auburn though because they fucked arkansas last week and they fucked old miss this week mm-hmm. and just gifted auburn a win uh 35 28 they didn't even review the play that took a touchdown off the board for Old Miss. Didn't even review it. <laughs> they, they looked just at it quickly. Forward. Yeah. Just move forward. Weird. Alrighty. Alabama took on Tennessee, and this is an interesting one because these are the first two teams we played this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, frankly, Tennessee looked better against us than Alabama did. Yeah. But that's not what happened here because nope. Alabama whipped the living shit out of Tennessee 48-17. to yeah. Alabama. Put Alabama, Nick Saban, there. Yeah, it was no contest. <laughs> Honestly, I think Pruitt's kind of a dumb dumb. Yeah, he is. He's Pruitt's one of those guys that's just good enough to last a few years. Mm-hmm. He's like he's Will Muschamp, but not good enough to keep the job. Which is what Tennessee has been known for hiring since I've known about their existence, basically since we've left the twelve. I can't wait till we play Tennessee next year. We're gonna fucking crush Pruitt. I mean, Pruitt is really he's just Butch all over again. Oh, look at all that recruiting. He's really building something here and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But I'm a like, lot really? of talk, a lot of nothing. Uh, yeah. Tennessee is still the pick to win the SEC East. Paul, I don't feel like that's right. No, it's inaccurate. There's not a lot of SEC games this week. South Carolina took on LSU. We've been watching that one. This one's actually over with. LSU took that one 52-24, to an absolute fucking clobbering. It's clobbering time. <laughs> I, will, I mean, we watched that game, a uh, big part of it, while we've been doing the show and got – but. South Carolina was moving the ball against them. I mean, they're LSU's a flawed, deeply their flawed. Was not, it's not good. And I'll tell you what, we're watching BYU and uh, Texas State right now. And I tell you what, BYU's a team I don't necessarily <laughs> begrudge us not having on our schedule right now. Good Lord, they are, uh, they are 12 in the nation, 5 and 0. Oh. I mean, yeah, isn't that been, funny? We were supposed to have played this BYU team, and I'm glad we played LSU instead. <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess. So that takes us to the Missouri Kentucky game, of course. And Missouri obviously won that one 20. To ten, I don't agree. No, it happened, Paul. It really did. There's nothing to argue about on this one. I don't know. Yeah, we, we do. No, it was a great win for Mizzou, and I think it launches us forward into next week where we have to play Vanderbilt. Hopefully, we don't overlook it. You're going to go from last week, the talking heads on SEC Network is like, Missouri got a big win here. Good mm-hmm. for them and Eli Drinkwitz. Boy, the LSU's really down, and the story then becomes all about LSU. But this week is going to be the week where the, the talk starts to be like, I'll tell you what, guys, we're going to have to watch out for this Missouri team. They're really, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's a, an, an evolving narrative yeah. where at first it's just like Missouri jumped up they're and won again. They weren't sure. And now they're going, Missouri might be kind of good. Missouri won two games. We loved Kentucky, and now Kentucky's a fucking dumpster fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're going to have to maybe give these guys some credit if we're not careful. I'll say this, Colin. We talked about it in the midweek. We said this was a fucking trap. They beat Tennessee. They it's, a trap. it's a trap. It's a trap. It was. 
It was a trap game. They got Georgia next week. Good fucking luck. <laughs> All right, let's move on to next week here. Ole Miss is playing Vanderbilt, so Ole Miss is going to be able to get right, obviously, because Vanderbilt is not just the worst team in the SEC. They're the worst team I think I've seen in the SEC in the eight years we've been part of the SEC. I mean, this is a really, really bad Vanderbilt team. And, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if Derek Mason's going to get fired, this might be the year. Yeah, Vanderbilt is – they need to do something because they're starting to hurtle down a Kansas-esque path. Yeah. Then something's better change. Ole Miss. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Uh, Kentucky, as we mentioned, is taking on number four Georgia next week, and that seems like a tall order after what yeah, we Georgia saw tonight. Georgia should take them apart. Well, and I tell you what, I'm afraid for to Kentucky's great chagrin, I think uh, Eli Drinkowitz just showed the world how to beat Kentucky. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, just ground and pound, ground and pound, and keep yeah. And don't test the secondary. Don't worry about the secondary. You can just get right in the ground game. But well, you do have to that. go to running back. You got to you stop the run, load the box, make make the garbage they have to choose from at quarterback, throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Paul, who do you think is going to win this game? Georgia. I think it's a pretty obvious pick. Good work. LSU is then going to Auburn, Alabama, where based on what I saw tonight, I feel like LSU can beat Auburn. Auburn didn't impress me greatly against Ole Miss this weekend. I mean, yeah, it's going to be the battle of very flawed, very talented teams. You got a two and two LSU and a three and two Auburn. You got a you got a couple of rosters full of five star talent and that, that have not figured it out. It's going to be. I wouldn't bet on that game. You know what I mean? I want no part of that action. You really have nobody special until you get to Alabama in this entire league. That brings us to the next game. Mississippi State is going to Tuscaloosa to play Alabama. One and three Mississippi State started off so strong with mm. their win against LSU, and they got to take a clobbering. As everybody else does when they take their medicine against five and zero, number two in the country, Alabama. Yeah, it's like a the SEC. Alabama. Really, it's like a cell block that's got a big, strong, rapey guy on it. Dick Rambone. <laughs> yeah, you got you got a big, strong, rapey inmate at the end of your row. Why don't you pick up that giant dildo while you tell the story? No, I'd rather not. Okay, but the point is, is that he's just working his way down the cells each night. Nick you know what I mean, like, and you you're the eighth cell down. And you're like, I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you hear the grunts of. Of agony. You know, well, the, grunts and tears. Yeah. Coming, but every night it gets a little closer. And that's mm-hmm. the Alabama. Like every, the SEC is just a cell block full of people waiting for the biggest meat is going on the block to come fuck them. <laughs> like, when's, your, when's it coming? Because it's coming. Yeah, take your medicine. Yeah, I mean. I'm in cell eight. So as, as soon as day eight gets here, it's my turn. <laughs> That's right. And it is the turn of Mississippi State. I'm so sorry to tell you, but uh, Mississippi State, Bubba's coming. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, And instead of trying to make wine in the toilet, they're trying to make lube. Nick Saban, Alabama. God bless you on that mission, too. I hope the lube is plentiful and high in viscosity. <laughs> All right. Analogies. <laughs> we got Arkansas taking on Texas A&M. Two and two Arkansas against Texas A&M. Arkansas. Had the night off this weekend. Obviously, we know they're the best team in the country because Barry Adams is the best defensive coordinator that's ever played the game. <laughs> Maybe the best coach that's ever lived. That's from what we're hearing. Yeah, from our sources, AM, three and one. Not terrible this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're number seven in the country. I feel like that's they're overranked. I don't know what to think of AM. I don't either, but I, I know I hope that Arkansas can continue to win that the Barry Odom will uh, continue to do well because if you don't if he doesn't, his wife will be very stern with you on Twitter. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Barry Odom's wife is going all fucking Kurt Warner wife <laughs> on him on Facebook. She's like searching his name on Twitter, just yeah. coming at people. Social media and protecting him. <laughs> yeah. Don't you hurt my man. 
Texas, A&M. Oh, yeah, football. Yep. Yeah, you're right, Paul. Thank I think that's what's going to happen. Got to bring us back. And then that brings us to a big matchup Missouri has to face at Florida. Gainesville, Missouri takes on number 10 Florida, a matchup I'm kind of excited for. Dan Mullen, to me, is the perfect example of something you talk about, Brandon, and the guy who's a good football coach that is incredibly dumb. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's You can are- see, but like when they when somebody talks to Dan Mullen, you can tell that Dan Mullen is not a smart man, mm-hmm. but he's I do believe he's a good football coach, and uh, he's uh, building something at Florida that uh, if Mizzou becomes what we hope it becomes with Coach Drinkowitz and, and Basilak and the rest of the gang, you know what I mean? Because I think we got a good coach, we got a good quarterback, so I feel like we're going to be, you know, obviously maybe not this season, but in the future, we're going to be competitive for the SEC East. Florida is going to be a team that's we're going to have to butt heads with a lot at the top because of Dan Mullen. Oh, I agree. I mean, as long as he's there. And I hate Dan Mullen. I don't know if I mentioned that to you. Sure. I don't like him at all either. He gave his entire team coronavirus. <laughs> but he gave us an, he gave his entire team COVID. Sure. Well, his wife did, let's be honest. That's true. He makes out with all the players for the game. It's the weirdest thing ever. We seen. never talk about it. I know. That. Every game, she gets on the bus and she deep tongue kisses every <laughs> single You know, player. everybody talks about the deep tongue kissing she gets, but no, what people rarely notice that she's sliding her front of her hand down the front of guys' pants up to her wristwatch, you know. Mm-hmm. And and anyway, she's very she's very affectionate with the players. And she is. And in fact, there's what a whole you, genre of porn for what what Mullen's wife does with the football team. Yeah, there's entire communities of Japanese men who watch that porn. <laughs> uh, Missouri, Florida, who do you think is going to win? You know what, Brennan? Yeah. Until Missouri loses, I'm picking Missouri. Got to dance with the one that brung you. I'm, hey, we just beat Kentucky, ended the streak against them. I'm on the fucking drink I mean, train, bus. Am I wrong? Does Florida's defense not a little bit flawed? And does Drinkwitz know how to run an offense? I mean... Well, hey, Colin, we got the Gus Bussett over there at Auburn. We got the Lane Train at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. We got, I don't know, what do we got, the Drink Uber? I guess, sure. Sure, yeah. We'll take, I'm taking the Drink Uber all the way to Gainesville as well. Paul, who do you like? Florida. Yeah, obviously, we, I didn't think Paul would take Missouri. I'm all in on drink. I mean, I'm fucking drinking the Kool-Aid. It's not hard to see coaching. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, the results are good because you can see coaching even when the team's not winning. You know, if a team plays smart, sharp football, I know that I've used this analogy before on this show. It's like, remember Doc Sadler, the basketball coach for Nebraska? I bring him every time because Nebraska, while he was the coach, was always fundamentally sound and they mm. lost. Yeah. But you knew they were well coached and they just didn't have any talent. And uh, Drinkowitz is, you can see the talent. His team is sharp. And in, to his credit, he's got some good football players and maybe to some to Barry Owens' credit. Let's, I mean, there's those players. Most of them are not, don't have anything to do with Coach Drink, but he's certainly getting the most out of them much more than the guy that recruited them. Well, he's reminding us that the players that we have are pretty talented mm-hmm. and he's also versatile you know and he's yeah. not afraid to mix things up and i think that's the thing i'm most excited about is we had a very stagnant very conservative very stale football team for not just the barry odom era but i mean pinkle was a very traditional coach you know and mm-hmm. we've got a guy who's going to mix things up he's going to make us go crazy at times like we saw the 21 play drive that ended in zero points that's going to make you crazy but more often than not You're going to be happy with what you got. And so drink up. We're two and two now, Colin. We're going against Florida. We win this game. We're on an all-time high almost. We lose this game. It's really no skin off our back. We were expected to lose this game. Mm-hmm. This whole season is pretty great for us. It's kind of just bonus money. I yeah. mean, we talk about it. It's house money. We're in Vegas with their chips. That's the season we're having. Winning and we got a crazy drink coach to do it. Beating LSU is great. And then, you know, beating a Kentucky team is great. I mean, two wins in a row. I mean, how I feel like against good teams, you know, versus 
if this feels better than Vanderbilt would have, you know what I mean? For sure. When we were talking about the beginning of the season, we were talking about three wins being the sort of high watermark for this season and Kentucky being a maybe. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we're saying we could beat Kentucky at home, maybe. Well, we just finished beating them at home. We've already got LSU under our belts. We get Vanderbilt in a couple of weeks. And hell, who knows? Maybe we beat Florida. You know what I mean? The next test for Drinkwitz is just making sure this team doesn't fall in love with itself and get complacent. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. And I think that's something that he ought to be able to do because we're a pretty young team. I mean, Mm -hmm. keep in mind, we've got a redshirt freshman as our star quarterback. I mean, I I don't think they're going to be down to play Florida. But imagine you beat Florida or you just have a really competitive game. And then you start to think you're better than South Carolina. Right. And all of a sudden you're making mistakes. You shouldn't, you know, like there is a, the test for drink now will be keep this team's head on its shoulders. Sure. And I mean, if we lose to Florida and we can sort of come back down to earth, then we don't have to worry about anything because we're not going to be ranked. We're not going to have any expectations, whatever. But if we do beat Florida. Yeah, shit starts to get real. Then we're three and two. And then we've got some pretty serious we're wins. In the top 25. Yeah, we're we're in got, the top 25 at that point. Well, we're not, it's crazy. We've but beaten two top 25 teams yes. at that point, yeah, right? We're, and we're, our, one of our losses is against Alabama and the others are against a ranked Tennessee team. So it'd be pretty hard to keep us out of the top 25 at and that point. And you just beat Florida, Kentucky, and LSU. I yeah. mean, it's not like you, again, you didn't just Three beat, game win streak. You know, Central Arkansas. Yeah. You know what I mean, like it's... So then that's the point where you got to say, hey, everybody, stay, yeah, stay grounded. grounded and realize you got to keep playing. You got to keep your nose to the grindstone. But hey, I'd love to get this team to the point where we're not just playing with house money and loving every win we get because mm-hmm. it's not expected, but we're actually having to like mollify our expectations because we're a really good team and we didn't know it. Brennan, that begs the question about mm-hmm. today's game. Yeah. Who is the Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game? Oh, that's a great question, Colin. We haven't done it for a long time, but we should. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. I don't know. There's there's a lot of players to nominate. I mean, I think Larry Roundtree is an obvious candidate, but I kind of want to give it to Nick Bolton too because he kept that defense running. Well, I think you have to give it to Roundtree ultimately. He's, what, 35, 34 carries, you know, two touchdowns. He was the stick that uh, Mizzou beat Kentucky with today. Mm-hmm. So he's my pick. All right. Well, so let's give it to He you. is worthy. Larry Roundtree. golden, beautiful locks of one Kirk Farmer. Giving it to Roundtree. Yep. Yep. I think he deserves every that bit every of, it. Lick yeah. of it. Well, and yep. I tell you what, I think you uh, let everybody know who the douche of the week is already, the TJ Mo douche of the week, and that is the coach that gives his entire team coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> douche of the week. Yeah, yeah damn well, fuck you. In the, Florida hasn't been able to play because he's been talking about coronavirus like it's nothing, then gets coronavirus and spreads it to his entire team <laughs> through his wife fingering them. <laughs> All right, Colin, there we go. I mean, this has been fun. Yeah, We're, I enjoy doing this. You, at no point did you want to turn away from this game, right? Like you're all in on oh, this. That's how I know he's a good coach season. is I don't feel scared. There you know are I, mean? se- I get nervous, but I don't be like, oh, here we go. Like I just, you know, that 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 sort of feeling that every Mizzou fan has, like here, here the, how, the bottom's falling out. Like coaching is a sad for that. You're like, no, we won't fall apart. That's not who we are anymore. This guy's got us on the right track. And so it kind of nullifies that sort of Missouri pessimism. And it makes you want to watch, no? yeah. doesn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm excited about Mizzou football. As a Chiefs fan, it's, it's, it's become that way. You know, I'm mean, like, you got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid now. And, and even when you're down by three touchdowns in the playoffs, you're kind of like, mm, you know, we definitely can come back because we're <laughs> that kind of team, you know? Yeah. And so, and you can see Mizzou, I'm not comparing Mizzou to the NFL Super Bowl champions, but you know you can see the foundation being built of a team that 
is going to give people trouble. Well, I'm looking forward to once again playing a team that has some holes in the secondary where Basilak, we can kind of take the leash off of them and let him go deep again, and it's going to get a lot more fun. Well, you know what I love is because I know this is happening. I know it is. I know that the Will Must champs of the world are sitting in coaches' rooms right now watching tape going, motherfucker. Yeah, you know I thought I mean? that like, was a free win. Yeah, that guy is good. You know, like, they're good. Like, that guy's better than me. Fuck. I know that's happening. I mean, maybe they won't articulate that out loud in the room with the other coaches, but in the back of their head, they're like, shit, Mizzou's oh, going to fucking kick a hole in us. I think the guys like Will Muschamp are looking at the tape, and they're seeing plays, and they're like, I see what that guy's doing. It's tricky. I know how to stop it, but I don't know if I can get my guys to know how to stop it. Well, either you know that or I mean? just like – what's the chance he's going to run it again (laughs) against me? I don't know, but they did run the flea flicker right out of the gate again, and which I kind of liked. I'm like, Oh yeah. Started. I'm sure they talked about it in their meetings this week at Kentucky, but nobody expected them to do it. The exact same thing right out of the shoot. Yeah. And they even mentioned that Basil chose not to go over the top to, um, Chisholm, but he had him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and instead, he had to settle for a twenty-five yard gain. Yeah, yeah. I, I know it's it's good. And I'll say, Drinkwitz sort of falls in love with the option a little too much sometimes. You know, because they it's you know never they been that do. effective. The one thing they should have done more today, in my mind, because they were running so effectively and running so often, they didn't play action as much as they should have. When they did do play action, it was always that rollout. I mean, play action, drop a couple dimes right up there in the middle to your tight end. I, they I, they could have done that more, in my opinion. But I'm not going to question the game plan. And it worked to a charm. I think they had time of possession was 43 minutes to 16. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that Drinkwitz didn't use much of the playbook. And I mm. think that was by design as well. Because yeah. I don't think he had to. Everything yeah, just, was doing what he wanted to he do. He just ran a counter with fucking Roundtree over and over and over again. And then when it get third down, he'd throw a pass. And we complete it. And then we just move forward. And that's part of the reason I was like, it was getting frustrating that we weren't being more aggressive. Because it's like it seemed like when we wanted to throw, we could. Yeah. Just do, we're just choosing not to. I think there was a 30-yard bomb out there that, that Drinkwitz had the discipline to never pull the trigger on because he was going to stick to that game plan mm-hmm. and it worked great which you know what sometimes is is miserable when when coaches do it when it doesn't work but it was working and he's like hey you know dance with the one who brung you mm-hmm. no more losing streak missouri's on top beating yep. kentucky the five-year streak is gone drink wits for president m-i-z z-o-u Tried cocaine? I think Mm. you'd be a good candidate for cocaine. Enjoy yourselves.